Welcome to the Oime Talks podcast. I'm your host, David Petro. This is the third of three bonus episodes where we've been previewing some of our featured speakers from the upcoming Oime 2019 conference in Ottawa this May. In this episode, we're going to hear from three speakers. We'll hear from David Costello, a vice principal from Prince Edward Island, as well as instructional coach and author from Portland, Maine, Tracy Zager. But first, we're going to talk to Jennifer Wilson, a high school professional learning lead from North Carolina. Jennifer, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great, David. Nice to be with you today. Jennifer, I wonder if you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. I taught high school mathematics in Mississippi for 25 years, and I've recently moved to North Carolina, and I work with illustrative mathematics as the high school professional learning lead. We've been working on a high school curriculum that will come out this summer. Awesome. And you're one of our featured speakers at OME 2019 in Ottawa this year. Uh, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your session on reflecting, connecting, and communicating. Yeah, so in my work, I've thought a lot about the math practices from the Common Core State Standards, and one that has really struck me as important in the work that I've done with my students has been look for and make use of structure. So when I looked at the Ontario math curriculum, I looked at the mathematical processes, and a few that stood out to me were reflecting, connecting, and communicating. And I think that those tie into the work of look for and make use of structure. Looking at tasks where it can be advantageous to take a step back and notice the structure before you dive right in to do something. Slowing down to make connections, to make what isn't pictured visible before you go straight into a calculation. So we'll be looking at some tasks where reflecting, connecting, and then communicating what we see can make our thinking visible to each other and make the mathematics visible. So I'm curious, uh, coming from the States, how do you find the comparison of what you're seeing in our curriculum versus the Common Core? Well, I took just a brief look at particularly the, the processes because I thought that I'm really curious about how we think about doing mathematics. And so I see lots of similarities. Of course, these are all tied to to the process standards that we have from NCTM's principles and standards. And so I see lots of similarities. And I notice on your sessions, you've got the hashtag slow math. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I've thought a lot lately about how quickly we try to get students to process information in the classroom and At some point a couple of years ago, my family and I learned about the slow movement, particularly from the idea of slow food. And so I'm not sure how many of you have heard of the slow movement, but the slow food movement is about paying attention to from where your food comes and paying attention to the company and the conversation at the table, not just eating to be fed, but to 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 pay attention to each other, to be fed with stories and ideas and questions, not just with food. So I began to think about what slow math might look like in a classroom. What does it look like in our math classrooms when we're not there just to check off a standard or a topic as having been taught, but when we take the time for students to be co-creators of the mathematics that we want them to know? 
what happens when we give time for them to explore and ask questions, to make conjectures, to share strategies and struggles with each other when they're solving a problem. And so I continue to think and learn from others about what slow math might look like in a classroom when we take time to enjoy and savor the, the learning of mathematics instead of zooming through it quickly. I feel like that sounds like it's a way to make math a little bit more human. I think it is. Absolutely. And I think we can definitely use that in our, in our math classes for sure. So we look forward to hearing your session come May in Ottawa. And I want to thank you for speaking with us today, Jennifer. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And we'll see you in May. Yes, see you in May. I really like that idea of savoring the joy of mathematics. Thanks for that, Jennifer. Up next is David Costello, who's a vice principal from Prince Edward Island. Hi, David. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. David, I wonder if you could just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, definitely. So I started teaching in the K through six stream, and I've taught all grades from really K through six. And then from the classroom, I moved to the school board level where I facilitated a, um, a math intervention for students in grades one through three, and that led to a coaching role for kindergarten teachers through grade six teachers. And that role evolved as we were really building the math focus in Prince Edward Island, Canada, which is where I am from. So that led me into being the provincial math lead in terms of coordinating math coaches and uh, coordinating professional learning for all of Prince Edward Island for um, elementary math. And from there, I really felt the need to get back to the classroom. So now I'm a vice principal where I teach half time. And part of that assignment is grade four math. Oh, excellent. I love it. I like that. It's a nice journey. Um, So you're one of our featured speakers. I wonder if you could give us a little bit of an insight as to what you're going to be talking about come May. Ah, definitely. So I've been to a few OAME annual conferences before. And what my research and work really focuses on is viewing math as a literacy. And I think that by doing that, that we are really focusing on communication and comprehension. So then what my featured session is on is really looking at the classroom in environment for math. And when we think about math, we tend to focus on the tasks being given. If they're open-ended questions, if they're centers, if they're games. But what I want to focus on during this session is really to go beyond that and just not to think of it as being a single variable, but really think about the complexity within that and viewing the math classroom as being a literacy-rich classroom. So within that focus, I have really categorized strategies into three different categories. One category would be the teaching space or the instructional space. What are the decisions of the teachers in terms of how are they going to engage students? How are they going to frame that math block? And then what does that look like per se? And that can go through things such as task variety going through and how are they encouraging students to really think mathematically? From there, I look at it from a student's thinking space. How do students approach 
whatever task is being provided to them, whether that be questioning, whether that be a growth mindset, or whether that be how does students organize their thinking and their approach to the math task being given. And one of the focus areas within a student thinking space is student independence. And what does that look like in um, kindergarten? What does that look like in grade three? And then what does that look like in grade six? And then really thinking about those two spaces, the student thinking space and the instructional space, what does the physical space of the classroom look like? And for that, it is reflective of a third teacher lens per se, but it really looks at what are the literacy-rich strategies going on within the classroom, whether that be how are students allowed to move throughout the classroom, what about how are the classroom library resources used within that, and things like technology and whatnot. And are we using student work as a visual in the classroom and as part of the classroom space as a way to support teaching and thereby supporting student learning. So I'm really kind of taking it beyond just the task being given to the students to really see how those three spaces interact. So I assume you mean when you say using student work as a visual thing, you're you're showing student work and talking about uh, misconception and things like that? Yeah, that way. And then also, what is the student work being displayed in the classroom? How is it used by the teacher? And how is it being used by the student as well? I've seen some things in the classroom when they go up on the wall that they're used as purely a reference points, that they're not being used in an interactive way with the students during that math block. Okay, so we look forward to seeing your session in May in Ottawa, and thanks for talking to us today. Okay, thanks David. And we'll see you in May. That's David Costello, who not only will be doing a featured session at OME 2019, but two other regular sessions. Lastly, this episode is Tracy Zager, who recently released the book, Becoming the Math Teacher You Wish You'd Had. Hi, Tracy. How are you doing? I'm great, David. How are you? Good. Tracy, maybe you could do a little bit better job introducing yourself than I did to our listeners. Oh, I think you did great. But uh, I split my time between coaching K-6 math, mostly here in Portland, Maine, where I live and editing books for Stenhouse. I edit books for teachers that are generally written by teachers, and I wrote a book myself, and that's how I got started in that world. Great. And you're one of our featured speakers at OME 2019 in Ottawa this year, and I wonder if you could give us a little bit of a brief intro about what you'll be talking about in your featured session. Sure. I am super excited, too, to come to this conference, I have to tell you. So one of my pro moves as a coach generally is to spark curiosity. I find that that is the the first domino that falls that leads to a whole chain of, of beautiful reactions in teachers when I can get teachers hooked on on listening to kids thinking about mathematics then all these other things that follow that are wonderful including like 
I need to ask better questions so that I can listen to my students thinking and I need to do the math myself so I understand and anticipate what they might say. And I realize I need to learn how to facilitate the discourse so that the kids are talking so I can listen in. And so, so it's a, a move that is the first thing I do is I try to light curiosity among teachers. And so this talk in particular is, is going to be focused on that. Whenever I'm thinking about a task I might do with students, I really have two questions I'm asking. The first is, are they doing real math? Is this a worthwhile mathematical task? And then the second is, if they're doing real mathematical thinking, how will I know what that is? So in this talk, we're going to look at uh, the way I think about it is there are four channels that student thinking can, can flow through to get into us. We can figure out what they're thinking by looking at really well-designed student work or by having conversations with students, conferences in math class, or by observing kids while they're talking with one another, or by asking students directly to reflect and self-assess. And so we're going to be looking at tasks thinking, okay, is it real math? If so, which channels should I open so I can be strategic about finding out what my students' thinking is? And that, again, sparks that curiosity chain that I'm trying to kick off with teachers. So I'm going to try to give us a framework for that in the featured session at OAME. So when you talk about sparking curiosity, it sounds like you're, it's the curiosity in the teachers that you're really trying to spark, not necessarily the curiosity in the students. Well, that too. <laughs> of course, that too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, you know, the idea that our kids come to us with mathematical ideas worth listening to is actually a new idea for many teachers because the way we were taught, the teacher had all the ideas and we were just supposed to receive them, right? So if we can disrupt that dynamic by teaching teachers, hey, your kids, all your students actually come to you with brilliant mathematical thinking and it's your job to figure out what that is and then create conditions to nudge that thinking in new and productive directions, that really changes the whole dynamic of the math class. And I think in sparking that curiosity, you're sparking more conversation, not only between teachers and students, but students and students. And I think that that's only going to be benefiting both teachers and students at the same time. Exactly so. And I know that I'm getting somewhere when I walk into a school and a teacher comes running up to me and says, you're not going to believe what so-and-so said today in math class. That's what I want to start hearing. So, so like that's the litmus test. It totally is. Okay, so we look forward to hearing from you in May in Ottawa. I'm looking forward to your session. Uh, I'd like to thank you for talking to us briefly today about it, and we will see you in May. Thank you so much. I can't wait. That's Tracy Zager, who's an instructional coach from Maine. I really like the idea of sparking curiosity in teachers and recognizing that students come to class with mathematical ideas already and that we don't have to lead them there. So that ends our three bonus episodes on the upcoming OME 2019 conference. We hope that you can join us. Full registration is now open and filling up fast, so don't delay and secure your spot today. Next week, we'll have our last regular episode of the season, where we will talk to instructional coach Mark Chubb about his upcoming OME Talks webinar. So don't miss that, and thanks for listening.